When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. What is up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of hey Facebook Live Q&A. I'm your host, Tom Bilyeu, and I'm here with the voice of this amazing Hello, community. Hello, everyone. What is up, Cindy? Not much. You want to tell me about that, that shirt? So this is one of our, is our TTFUBC, which I need to work on memorizing, because yes. I only ever see it like on you right. and not myself. Because we never had women's apparel, and now we do. Now we do. And I think it's being hidden right now by it's, your computer. Oh, so, so here it is. There it is. Booyah. I don't know which one to like place it in front of. But um, our women's apparel is officially launching tomorrow. Officially going we live. We did the there photo shoot, so you'll see lots of nice. different styles and have a good time purchasing. Let us know what is. you think. Hell yeah. Because um, we definitely kept our ladies waiting. We did. We did, unfortunately. We did. And it was you know, all Lisa my fault. and I, so we just brought on another. Oh, is she here? She's right Michelle. There. We have the newest yes. lady to the Woo-hoo. team, Michelle. Welcome, welcome. Oh, She's going to be helping Lisa crush the Sheroic podcast for us. It's all one big team. Yep. Um, so we're very excited to have yeah, you. Yay. And yesterday in. Um, Adding the newest amazing person to the team, mm-hmm. I realized that we are now more than 60% female here at Impact Theory. So amazing, but horrifying that it took us this long to get female apparel up in the site. I know, but, but it's also it's because I'm very picky about Rightly so. female apparel, just because I know as a consumer, I'm, you know kind of a difficult person to shop for because I'm always looking at fabric, quality, fit, function, all of that. As so I wanted to make sure that our ladies had nice options for the store and we could, you know, give them an accurate assessment of Respect. what they're getting. Love it. Yeah. Love it. And now it drops tomorrow? Drops tomorrow officially. Beautiful. We did All the right. photo shoot yesterday, guys. So Incredible. we'll have some fun pictures for you to check out. That is amazing. So, all right, that is off. And now we have a an amazing question yes. that you're going to lead us off <laughs> with. This one's very so exciting. So our first question comes from Sean Mathis from the Connect Inbox. I'm 44, I'm married, I have two boys, 10 and 12, that are very active in sports. My wife has a thriving freelance graphic design and art direction business. I work in technical sales for a large international corporation. Life is crazy busy. I want to get off the corporate sales hamster wheel and create something, a business that is meaningful to me. I'm struggling to find an interest, forget about a passion at this point. I have always done what was expected of me, studied hard, got good grades, got a good job, bought a house, etc., etc. I have never explored who I am or what excites me. I'm convinced I should and can start something meaningful. I'm struggling to find a meaning due to the fact I don't really know who I am. How do I start this journey? Where do I begin? What is the lead domino? 
Yeah, this question is amazing. It's Sean, thank you so much for sending that in. I think there are a gaggle of people that are struggling with this mm-hmm. exact same issue. So I have a belief about, um, well, so first of all, passions uh, are not discovered, they're developed. So if you don't have a passion, don't be surprised. You said that you've never turned inward and really looked at yourself to figure out who you are and done that self-exploration. So that that's the nature of the beast. So um, that is as, that's an, an inevitable outcome of not doing the introspection. So the good news is that it really is a relatively simple process. So right now inside of you is something that you find interesting, intriguing, it piques your curiosity, whatever the case may be. And 99 times out of 100, especially for somebody who is a self-described rule follower, and I'm reading a book right now called Barking Up the Wrong Tree, and it's about um, basically what makes people successful. And the things that we think make people successful are not necessarily the things that actually do. And um, I'm not very far into the book, but I have a sense of what the premise is, which is a lot of the things that we think are bad or negative traits actually in the right circumstance will help somebody thrive. So um, think of somebody who, in fact, I'll give you an example from the book. One of, there's a thing called Race Across America mm-hmm. where you get on a bike and you ride from, I think, Santa Monica or San Diego maybe uh, to um, Atlantic City. And mm-hmm. most people go, oh, it's like the Tour de France. But it's not because the Tour de France is done in stages. There's rest periods. In the Race Across America, every minute that you spend taking a break, somebody else is passing you. So these guys will go like four days in a row without sleeping. I mean, it's just absolutely bonkers. People have died on the race. Crazy, crazy. So the person who's won more times than anybody else has gotten into fights with mailboxes, has like literal punch-ups with mailboxes because he's like a little, uh, <laughs> like really puts himself out there. And so in the sort of sleep deprivation, uh, he'll have emotional breakdowns. And like his wife uh, at one point got so distressed over how obsessive he gets about this that she locked herself in the trailer and like wouldn't come out. She was freaking out over how much he was freaking out. So looking at that guy, like in a normal setting, you just be like, He's a little too obsessive. Like he Mm -hmm. gets way, way, way too into something. But you put him in that environment and suddenly it becomes an advantage, right? So um, it's you often hear people throw out the very trite words that your weaknesses are your strengths. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you don't explain what that means, I think that it doesn't really add up to anything. But that's a great example of a time where that really becomes something that's incredibly advantageous. So inside of all of us, I think there is a spark of something and people don't want to admit what that is. And if they're a rule follower, like it sounds like our boy Sean is, instead of a rule breaker, uh, somebody who's who's got like some weird thing about them that they really feed into and surround themselves in an environment where that can thrive, um, they, they don't discover themselves. So as he's describing himself as like, I did all the things that were always expected of me. I got good right. grades, all of that. Um, another thing they talk about in this book is how valedictorians never go on to be like the breakout successes in life. They do very well in high school. They do very well in college, but that rewards people for doing that. So you're going to be entering into a phase. And in fact, maybe the very thing that is the lead domino here is a willingness to step outside of all of that, to not worry about what the social constraints are, what other people are going to think of you. You really have to be prepared to break out of that and understand that the game that you're playing is not pleasing other people. The game that you're playing is brain chemistry. And so the only thing in his question, this is going to be weird coming from me. I think people are are going to be surprised by this. Mm -hmm. The only thing in his question that I find a little bit like, ah, I wouldn't double down on that, is needing to start a business. 
So I don't think that's how the vast majority of people are going to express themselves. So my gut instinct is you will find that deeply uncomfortable. If what you've excelled at is um, really like getting into the system, um, leveraging the momentum of society and all of that to carry you downstream, it it may be too weird uh, of an emotional turn to now all of a sudden like, because the unless if the wife's... Um, her business can support the family, then maybe this isn't as true and he can really try and experiment. Mm -hmm. But there is a lot of stress that goes along yeah. with running a business. And if you're not wired for that, like I'm very, I have a real problem with authority. So for me, being my own boss has always felt right, even though I'm a natural rule follower, which is so weird. Yeah. And I totally get that. And I, it's a one-on-one -on -one um, thing that I rebel against more than like the system. It's even confusing for me. But so I think <laughs> the lead we'll domino, <laughs> yes, I think the lead domino is <laughs> stepping outside of the system, no longer allowing yourself to care about what people think. Then you're going to have to turn inwards and find that thing that's that first twinge of interest. And I always use video games as um, the classic example of something that most people think is a total waste of time. Where if, if when you look inward, the thing that you really like, let's say it's comic books or it's video games or it's something that society is going to tell you just isn't mm -hmm. um, a, a value add. If you can see how that can serve you and you can help other people or whatever it is that's going to uh, make you feel good in that thing, then you'll understand how this process works. So let's say he looks inward and he doesn't see feeding the homeless, um, building houses in Peru. Like he, he sees... Secretly, what I want to do is play video games. Great. Like, be honest about what it is. And I right. think that you're really going to have to own what that is. Or this is going to, in fact, this is the huge thing you have to be careful of. If you're a rule follower, you're going to want to look inward and see something that the rest of the world will tell you is beautiful and advantageous and worthy. That is dangerous. You need to turn inward and see what's actually there. That's so important. So... When I look inward, for instance, I see movies, TV shows, video games, books, comic books, um, a real desire to pull people out of the matrix, um, a desire to learn something and then present it. Like I really enjoy um, giving talks. I really enjoy this, creating this content. So what you're seeing is me going, okay, the other thing I know about the world is technique is the thing that leads to fulfillment. So I've worked really hard to gain a certain skill set and I could put that skill set to use in helping other people. Okay, that's, that's a big part of it. So you turn inward, you find that interest. Technique is just meaningful. It's the way the human animal is wired. So there's going to need to be some sense of leveraging your skill set. And maybe it's already the skill set that it sounds like you have in sales. So when you turn inward and you see that thing, whatever it is, how do you marry that ideally to either the skill set you already have or a skill set that you're willing to acquire than to help other people? So if it's video games. So I'll tell you right now that um, a piece of content that's always been in the back of my mind and maybe one day I'll, I'll, I'll write an article or fuck it, maybe we'll write a book on the subject is what I've learned about business by playing video games and what I think kids can learn about life. And by the way, I think video games are probably, the way that video games work are almost certainly the future of education. Okay, so that's me turning inward and seeing, ooh, I like that mm -hmm. thing. Like I find interest. In fact, the shirt that I'm wearing right now is a video game shirt. So when I turn inward, I see things like that. But there are ways to marry that to technique, a certain skill set that you have. So I have an ability to um, assimilate very complex information and make it relatable and accessible to other people, especially if you let me speak or write. So that would be 
like what his process would look like if it were me. So I turn inward, I see the video games, how do I make this useful? How do I leverage my skill set in order to bring it to other people mm -hmm. so that I'll be fulfilled, but also be in the universe of things that I like. Um, lead domino, stop caring about what other people think. Next thing is the process of turning an interest into a passion. So how do you turn an interest into a passion? By gaining mastery in that realm. So that's how you'll decide whether it's something that you actually really care about or not. So in that process, which would be very difficult, will involve a lot of boring things. If you love that environment so much, like I'll just tell you, I find writing to be brutally painful. Um, I think it was Tim Ferriss who said, I like, and he may have been quoting somebody else, but I got it from him. Um, I don't like writing, I like having written. That is exactly how I feel. The process of writing is just an inexhaustible period of facing my inadequacies. So all I'm doing the entire time is encountering the fact that I'm a rewriter, that my first draft is always horrific, that every word is like, um, uh, the, I think the best description I've ever heard of the writing process was from Kurt Vonnegut Jr. And he said, I feel like a, a toddler with a crayon in his mouth, um, you know, trying to write on paper. And I was like, that is exactly what it feels like. It feels so clumsy. But anyway, like, getting into that process if you love that environment and the outcome so much mm -hmm. and the universe of things you're able to do while you're in that bubble then it's worth all of that boredom pain struggle suffering and like for me it's not even a debate right so i'm i'm very willing to go through all of that to figure out how to articulate an idea because that moment of awakening for myself quite honestly mm -hmm. and for somebody else is so powerful that is amazing. So, um, but there are many other things that I tried that that wasn't the case. And so those are the things you move on from. So that's, um, you could write an entire book to answer that question, but those are my key takeaways. And, and the final one being, you're absolutely correct. You must do this to live your life and never have been introspective and figured out what it is that makes you, you, or maybe even more important because it's, it's about defining what makes you, you. And I think people want to turn inward and uncover something, but that's really not how it works. You're going to turn inward and you're going to develop something based on maybe little sparks, but it isn't like some big thing. It's going to be something like, think about if I were born a hundred years ago, I certainly wouldn't turn inward and see video games. Like that's yeah. a product of my environment. Mm -hmm. So it's a product of the time that I live in. So understand that you're going to develop something based on those little sparks. So look inward, see the sparks, do the work. All right. Hopefully we answered your question, Sean. Um, and thank you for submitting. Our next one comes up from Matt Davis. Um, what's your take on personality tests such as Myers-Briggs, um, Enneagram, etc.? Have you used it? Do you believe it? Uh, believe that it has any value? And or, frankly, is it all BS? Um, I don't think it's all BS. I, I Myers-Briggs is a great example of if you have somebody take it and then take it, I think as little as two hours later, they'll score differently. So ah, there, there's very revelatory stuff in that. I don't think that you could do too many of them, but I think to feel like you have somebody pegged when you know their Myers-Briggs rating, mm, I don't think that's real. I just think there's way too much nuance. Now, the one thing I will say is I just read the book Captivate, and we mm -hmm. have a Vanessa Van Edwards, the author, coming on, and one thing she talks about is the only sort of personality assessment that's backed by science is a thing called the five values, I think. Um, and that I found really, really interesting. So mm -hmm. first of all, it's um, very blunt force trauma, which I'm a big believer in. Like it's just sort of high level, clumsy, like oven mitt stuff. 
Like they think of, uh, what's a great example? So I have, a, the acronym is OCEAN, um, which stands for openness. So I'm high open, which means mm. that I um, have a high degree of desire for new experience. So I love doing new stuff. So for instance, my wife and I almost never um, repeat the same like vacation spot. So um, I knew this guy, somebody told me a story of a guy, I should say, to be honest, that did the same vacation every year for like 25 years. And I was like, what the hell? So that's super anathema to me. I like change. I like things to be different. I, I, it is an understatement to say I like change. Okay, so I'm high open. Uh, C, conscientiousness. I am very low conscientiousness, which means I don't plan ahead. I don't worry about mess. Um, I don't have lists and things like that. It just, uh, I'm not obsessive like that in my thinking, so I never get into that stuff. Um, E, uh, extroversion. I am an ambivert at best, possibly edging towards introvert. Um, so I recharge by myself for sure. Um, and one of the questions they ask in the book is how many good friends do you have? And I was like, uh, my group of friends is teeny tiny. If you <laughs> exclude people I work with, it's essentially non-existent. Um, just because I always want to be by myself. Um, so, uh, O C E A. Oh God. What's a agreeableness. I'm high agreeable. Okay. So I love getting along with people. Mm -hmm. Um, and then N is, no. is that uh, neurosis? Ne yeah, neurotic, neurotic. neuroticness, neuroses. It's something yeah. along those lines. Uh, and I'm very low neurotic. So I don't fret about things. Yeah. I don't worry about them. So that is like a, a ball to put people in. Gives you a rough idea yeah. of what I'm like. You're not mm -hmm. going to get any of the nuance or anything like that, but it's a rough idea. Right. That actually really resonated with me when I was reading it and I started thinking about like, where's my wife? And then we were talking here about everybody reading the book and then all us all getting together because it's the first time where I felt like it's, yeah, I read it's it. sort of simple enough to where you could really feel like you have a rough idea of how yeah. this person views the world. Um, like my wife, for instance, uh, high open, uh, low agreeableness. She does not give a shit what other people think. Like in in a almost combative way, which is really interesting. Um, and then um, she's high neurotic. She's high uh, conscientiousness, and I'm forgetting which one I missed. Oh, extroversion. My wife's introverted. Uh, so. <sighs> I need to think about that one more. I'm actually curious where she'd self-rate herself. She's the kind of person that wants to go to a party but then cancels at the last second every time. Uh, so I'm not sure like, like where that that's puts like you. That's like my sister. Because I just don't want to go. <laughs> where she actually wants to go and she loves to dance. So I don't know. I need to yeah, really think about that. Yeah, that's literally like my sister. Fascinating. So like most of the time I'll be like, the invitation ex is extended. There's no expectation that you will go. And so it makes her feel better just mm. because she always used to feel guilty whenever she would just be like, I don't want to go. Yeah. And I'd be like, why wouldn't you want to go? You said yes, because I just... You're full soul. extrovert. So I'm ambiverted, probably closer to the extroverted side. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. But like, I, and I think I've adopted a lot of like introverted traits because most of my family is really introverted. Really? So I don't know. I was just kind of the odd one out. There we go. So yeah. that's a very long way of saying, I think there's use in them. I think it is fascinating to try to isolate yeah. um, what makes people tick. I think it's important to understand yourself more than anybody else. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And I think you can use them as kind of like rough guidelines mm. for yourself just to kind of 
give yourself more words to figure out what fits and what doesn't so you can throw it out or adopt it. Um, and then a follow-up from Jumani. Um, what are your thoughts about strengths, strengths Finder? Have you ever used that one? I haven't used it. I'm relatively and familiar DI. with the concept. Disc? Yeah, disc. Um, so I don't know either of those well enough to really go deep, but I'll lump mm -hmm. them into the same category. There's probably a lot of... It'll force you to be introspective, which is already good. Um, it'll probably give you some insights into yourself. It would probably give you some rough insights into other people. I find that most of it tries to be too nuanced and becomes very um, sort of momentary dependent. And when you get into like the really nitty gritty, like I remember taking a Myers-Briggs test. And it was pretty long if I remember right. Yeah. And, um, and I remember as I was going through it, like depending on what mood I'm in, I could go like mm -hmm. either direction. And so that was what I liked about Ocean. Like, there is no question where I fall in each of those categories. So that's where I, I come down. It gives you, like, a better sense of definitive answers when you're taking it. It does. And because it um, isn't, like, backing you into any sort of weird corners that feel like they could be different from mm -hmm. one minute to the next... Um, I mean, yeah, even just looking at my life historically, like, sure, are there times where um, I'm less open than others? Yes, but, like, if you look at my life, I crave change. Right. So, yeah, that one just About felt it. on the money to me. All right, this one comes from Rahal Morabu from the Connect Inbox as well. All right. Um, this is an interesting one. Mm. I recently started watching your show, and it's got me hooked. However... There's one thing I can't get past. In an interview with David Goggins, Tom, you talked about um, his, wait, Tom talked about his and Lisa's decision not to have kids because it would be hard to teach them the importance of suffering. I'm paraphrasing. Sure. As a new mother, this makes me discouraged. So if the universe played a trick on you and Lisa became parents, so if the universe played a trick on you and you and Lisa became parents, yeah. what three things would you most definitely do and what three things would you not do? Okay. Uh, well, this is fascinating. I've never um, thought yeah, like, through, certainly not. Okay, so here we go. I would, I would make them suffer. So that is one thing. And making them suffer is um, I would make them do hard things. So whether that hard thing is just... Um, God, my parents made me do a lot of manual labor. So, and as my dad always said, this will build character, it and it character. really did. I'd like to think I could find a more interesting way to do it. So I'll, I will tell you this. I would certainly make them start martial arts. That's one of those things that I wish I had done when I was younger. Mm -hmm. um, I would have them start that, and I probably, like I would use Angela Duxworth notion of you can quit, but not until after you've done like the full time. Yeah. So let's say a year, whatever. So once you start, like you're doing a year, come hell or high water, you got to do the hard thing, stick with right. it. But if at the end of that, you're like, this really isn't for me, then for sure, we'll let mm -hmm. you back out. Um, I think that is uh, strong magic. I would not spoil them. So obviously our kids would grow up with access to resources. And I think that um, that can really, really distort your view. Um, so making sure that that they really understand hard work. Like that is the core of my existence is hard work. Um, so I'd want to make sure that they really busted ass. Um, 
I have a hard time with the current education system. Like if I, the thought of putting someone back through it, like it doesn't bother me that I went through it and mm-hmm. I don't feel like, you know, any huge deficit or anything. But looking back at it now, the thought of putting someone else through that meat grinder, like I did okay going through it, but I think that it's really bad mojo for a lot of people. So I'd really be reticent to um, put them through traditional schooling. You guys know I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions. And I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing. And a big part of that strict diet is high quality animal protein and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off, and that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com impact and use code impact to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus get $20 off your first order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You will never be able to reach your full potential if you are riddled with stress and have a lot weighing on your mind. I can tell you from my own experiences with stress and negative thought loops, you have to find a way to work through whatever it is that's weighing on you if you're gonna have any hope of achieving your goals. Therapy can be an option for working through things and for an online therapy option that is super convenient and flexible, be sure to check out BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, everything is 100% online and getting started is quick and easy. A brief questionnaire matches you with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra charge. Get things off your chest, process through things with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash impact theory today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash impact theory. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news 
news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. What else would I do? Empathy and compassion. I would just make sure that they learned that, that they were kind, good people. Um, Yeah, making them nightly rituals. That would be another big one. Do you remember, oh, AJ Hawk? Yes. His whole thing with his kids at night. like Yeah, that really hit me. Oh, and that's another important one. So look up Jeffrey Canada. He talks a lot about what's the difference between somebody that grows up in a middle-class family and why they're going to be successful versus somebody that grows up in the inner cities and why they're going to struggle. And in an oversimplification of what he found, it goes something like this. The number of words that you hear by the age of, like, it's either three or five very distressing. So just the raw number of words that you hear, and then the ratio of positive to negative words. Mm-hmm. Develop the language centers in your brain and sort of give you a frame of reference for the world. If uh, And so according to him, it's something like the average kid in, um, uh, in a middle-class family hears, I think, 70 million words or something by the time they're five, whatever the age was, and the ratio is 70% positive to 30% negative. Mm-hmm. And in the inner cities, it's like less than 50 million words, and the ratio is exactly flipped, and it's 70% negative and 30% positive. And he said that is so damaging to the language centers of their brain and the frame of reference becomes one mm-hmm. of negativity that they just... They're not able to ever overcome that. And so he actually said, God, I really need to refresh myself in this because I really want to get him on the show. I'm almost certain he said, just patently, give up on adults. And that is one of those like nuggets of wisdom that I've so eschewed. Like I can't bring myself to do it. Um, but that, that is, is his true. advice. So now he tries to build programs for um, women who are pregnant or may become pregnant. To get them to uh, read to their children every night and like mm-hmm. some other things. It's utterly fascinating. So that's a, a very clumsy nutshell of what I would do because I've right. not put a lot, because I don't plan to have kids. So I've not put a lot of thought into it, but. I'd be interested to know like what about bilingual households for children? Well, when Lisa and I were thinking about kids, we were like, oh, do we bring like an au pair from Greece so that the kids actually yeah. learn to speak Greek? And the, here's the problem. And I'm not sure if this is where you're headed, but within 10 years, you'll have like a little device and it can translate any language. Languages are going to go away. It's going to be weird. I'm I'm traumatized about that. That's so interesting to think about. Um, But yeah, so we have shout outs coming in from Lyle Martin in Bakersfield. So Bako in the house. Bako like runs this place all of a sudden. Jared, what are you doing to these people? He's just... You know, one Ages at a time, Smith. I guess. One at a time. Bring the fam. <laughs> Just secretly. Hashtag um, And Fu Hang in Springfield, Missouri, and Debbie Caprio in Redondo Beach. Nice. What is up, everybody? Welcome. Wait, I think Debbie is Chase's mom. Really? Right? Your yeah. mom's in the house? Hey, mom. What is up, Mama <laughs> Chase? Welcome to the feed. All right. By the way, your son's amazing. Crushing so, it. well done. Crushing well played it. with that one. All right. So, this next... Um, question comes from Kelly Foss. What time of the day do you personally find you can do your best work? Early, early, early in the morning. Like retarded early, like 3 a.m. early. Because it's quiet? And that's, yeah, that's me. It's quiet. What else is it? There's a There's vibe like a very to the morning. little 
distraction. Yeah. Because that was the reason in college I would stay up till like two and three and four o'clock in the morning. Yes. That doesn't work for me now for sure. Well, and I don't know that it ever worked great because for me, like fatigue really starts to set in and I can feel myself getting slower and slower and slower as we go. Mm-hmm. Whereas, so like today I woke up at like 3.45. So I'm up, I'm in the gym before 4 a.m. I'm done in the gym by 5 a.m. And so like I'm like fully on my grind. It was a really awesome think day. Um, took a lot of rad notes. I was like, these are one of those days that I talk about where like 30% of the time you just like smash it and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Today was one of those days. Absolutely phenomenal. And like doing all of that, like there's something about, so this is my jam. So I sit in a dark room, still dark outside. I have headphones on that are playing the sounds of night. Like, you know, like the crickets and stuff in a meadow and Oh man, like they're, and I, yeah, I don't know if it's like that, that's (laughs) just like hardwired into us to like really get in us into a state of profound calm, but wowza, unlike any other time, like even so I'll give you another time. I love meditating. So we have a waterfall in my backyard, so I'll go sit in the waterfall. Right. And so like all you can hear is the water water. because it's like smashing down on you. And that is amazing. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't compare to that morning where the world is dark. I can't even see anything. And I'm sitting in a dark room. Mm-hmm. So I don't even see the room. So it's just mm-hmm. dark and I hear the sounds of the crickets. I feel like I could solve any problem in my life in that zone. Like when I can, because yeah. I do it right after meditating. So I'm in like this calm, creative state. Like that for me, that is the juice. That's super interesting. Because like when you're just talking about how it's like very dark, it just reminded me of when I went to the sensory deprivation Mm. center and the fact that you would think that you would get like bored. I was like, oh, like how am I going to be in here for two hours? Before I knew it, they were like knocking on the door and I was like, wait, did I fall asleep? Like what was I even thinking about? Because you just lose all sense because you're so combined confined in the I'm gonna dark. need to try that because you have to try it. That's I one think of those you things, would like it. It does not sound interesting to but me. But like I think you would like it. There's like something yeah, don't about it. You try it I guess. Yeah, there's like something about it because I went into it with like a completely open mind and Can I tell you my beef? Mm-hmm. You can't take notes. So like yeah, if I have a rad that's idea true. I would worry that by the end I would forget it. And so there would be this oh, constant you definitely sense will. of frustration. Because I actually I'm thinking about it. You like cured cancer while you were in there, didn't you? And then you're like, <laughs> fuck, what was it again? <laughs> but like, that, I'm not sure yeah. if I was like, but it was, it was interesting to let your brain just like run like that mm. and see what you see or hear what you hear. Well, that's another thing. So auditory hallucinations are the most common type of hallucination and they come from your ear not receiving input. And so then it just starts making shit up, which that's weird. And I think probably the source of tinnitus, which is why, like, if you destroy someone's eardrum, you could surgically remove it. Let's say they're having tinnitus. Mm. You remove the eardrum, the tinnitus will get worse. Because I'm going to guess it's actually your brain freaking out about the null signal and filling it in with something. It's kind of like phantom limb syndrome. Now, why you don't hear Bach instead of, like, the noise that it gives you, I'll never understand. That's, That's definitely a cool twist of nature. Yeah, what did you hear? I feel like I was... So I was seeing a symphony and like... Did you drop LSD? No, I just went. I just went. Nothing. And you were seeing music. So 
in it, I feel like I was I was seeing a lot of different colors. We're totally going on a tangent, so let's enjoy wow. this. So I was seeing a lot of different colors, and they were, depending on where I guess my eyes were moving, but I'm not sure. And if I closed my eyes, they became more, like, vivid. That is so But, weird. like, when you open your eyes, there's no difference. So it was it was really interesting because I was seeing them almost like they were moving notes, which made me kind of think of, like, this must be be similar to what synesthesia feels like for some people huh. because like I think there was like a like it felt like a symphony like I was right. feeling like a symphony I was like floating kind of like in a universe space in a wow. circle but like I don't like the place is small so I'm not really what made you do around. this uh my sister she was just like we gotta she was go like, to Let's a go. sensory deprivation tank yeah hmm. so she I think she'd been to one this would have been the second time she'd gone. Okay. The first time she freaked out and she left early because it was like, you Too know, weird. small and she dark was and whatever. So like, I'm not sure if it was like claustrophobia for her or not, but she said she freaked out and mm. so she left. And so this next time she's like, you should come with me. Like I signed up and I was like, okay, sure. Um, and then I went with her. And it was cool. It was interesting. interesting. And like her experience of it was a lot different than my experience. Mm. So, hmm. yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. And she was like, I'm surprised you made it through the whole thing. I was like, I probably could have just stayed there. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'll have to give it a shot. But definitely check it out. All right. So our next question is from Rizwan Masani. Hey, Tom, is there an age limit of learning things like piano? And can you learn two skills together? Absolutely not. There's no age limit. Well, dead. Dead is the age limit. So as long as you're alive, you can learn something. I mean, that that's just like brain plasticity 101. That doesn't mean that the brain doesn't go through um, periods. So it's like you take in virtually everything until the age of like 11 or 12, and then the brain goes through like a pruning process. And so it does start to prioritize things. But if you're going into a disciplined practice mode, um, you can learn at any time, 100%. Myelination occurs at every stage of life. Um, and then what was the other one? The other part of the question? Um, can you learn two skills together? Yeah, I don't see why not. At the same like, time. Yeah, no question. All good. Brain is a, an adaptation machine. Adaptation being like a the the physical correlate to learning. Absolutely. And I can't believe we haven't said this already, but if this feed is adding value yeah, to your life, please share it to help us grow our community. Word. We got like so wrapped up in our conversation. Very true. Got the little things. There it is. All right. Share, share, share. So our next question comes from Daniel Breeze. Our boy Daniel Breeze. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, do you think that if you haven't figured out your why yet? that you should spend your time developing good habits. Are there any habits that will help you find your why? Um, I don't, no, I don't think there are habits that are naturally gonna lead to a why unless that habit is like introspection where you mm -hmm. sit down and you do the work. Um, why is an interesting one because I'm really curious to know and I have never thought about this. So if you're building a company, got to have a why. Um, once you have a family, that becomes most people's whys. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was interviewing a lot, I, I would tell people other than your family, X, Y, Z, right? Yeah. Because the family <laughs> is like everybody's answer. Uh, Magic Genie shows up and gives you one wish. I wish for my family to be happy and secure. Okay. Okay. Easy, Chief. Like 
other than your family. Like you, uh, the magic genie shows up, gives you $7.4 billion. What do you do? Take care of my family. It's like once somebody has a family neurologically, forget it. Like that, they are hardwired to prioritize their family. So if we can remove that from the equation, then what does the average person, like what becomes their why? And the terrifyingly true answer is to make ends meet. That's it. That's where the vast majority of the known universe lives, to make ends meet. Now, the good news is one of the best things to come out of the way that millennials were raised is they have this real expectation that their life is going to matter, that they are going to have impact. I love that. And if they can figure out the mechanisms by which to develop that why, um, but I would be very curious to know like what the average person thinks of as their why, because my gut instinct is they don't have one. Like they're they're aimlessly seeking to get rid of that feeling of frustration and emptiness. That's what I think most people are doing. And they, they never develop a real, like, and I think because, again, they're expecting it to be this uncovering process. And it's not going to be that. It's going to be a development process. In fact, let's talk about my obsession with freeing people from the matrix. Mm -hmm. There was a wonderful accident in my life. I wanted a bit of extra credit in college. Okay. I happened to attend a university that is in the middle of the ghetto. USC, like if you've never been to the USC campus, it is like ghetto, 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 ghetto. Beautiful campus, ghetto, 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 ghetto. Okay? It is so weird. And so you're there. You're on campus. Teacher says, who wants extra credit? Oh, dear God, me. And he said, great. You're going to go teach in the inner cities. And I was like, okay, well, if that's what I have to do to get uh, extra credit. I went. I taught oceanography, oceanography in an inner city school. I was mortified beyond measure by how drab and horrifying inner city schools are in the LA public school system. It's the only one I can speak to. It Most was public school mortifying and everything about it was gross, except the kids were amazing. And the kids were so just full of life. And I was like, wow, like any other kid, right? They have not been beaten down by the man, the system, the whatever. They were so hungry for knowledge that it was insanely rewarding. So then I go back and I think it was again like somebody said, do you want extra credit? Yes. And I, so I don't know if this was like USC really tries to get teachers to do that. But they were like, this time you're going to do one-on-one mentoring. Now, I wasn't smart enough to think the people that the teachers give you to take out of their class are going to be the most dysfunctional children ever. And so they gave me this kid, Rashawn, talked about him before. He was a mess. He was, um, I won't air all of his dirty laundry. He was problematic. Let's just say that. Wildly disruptive in the classroom. And he was being medicated. So he was like really small and hyper aggressive, which was very jarring for me. Anyway, he works, he figures out how to work me like like a little mental ninja. And so he would ignore me, push me away, um, get into fights with other people. I was only supposed to be there for an hour, for almost the entire hour. At the end of the hour, when I say, all right, I have to go in 10 minutes, he would start crying, flipping out, please help me, like, oh, don't leave. And I would fall for it every time. And so I'd stay an extra hour. So he'd get to stay out of class for two hours. The first hour fighting me, pushing, pulling, screaming, freaking out, and then the next hour being a very diligent good boy post tears. And so they say, hey, at week six, you need to remind them I'm only coming for two more weeks. So week six, I say, hey, just a reminder, it's an eight-week program, only coming for two more weeks, and he loses his shit. 
And I was like, what? I've never seen a human being melt down like this. And I was like, I don't even understand what's going on. And twigging, 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 twigging. And so finally I'm like, is this about me? Like, cause keep in mind, it wasn't like, hey, I'm only coming for two more weeks. Oh man, fuck you. I can't believe you're only coming for two more weeks. It was just like spaz attack. And so I'm not like putting it together at first. And then I'm like, is this because I'm not coming anymore? Yes. Fine. For if you'll calm down and stop doing this like two hour thing where for the first hour you're a little psychopath and then for the next hour you're diligent. If you get to work right when I come, as long as I live in Los Angeles, I will help you. Deal? Deal. And that became an eight and a half year relationship. Because of that, I spent an inordinate amount of time. He lived in Compton, literally Compton. Mm -hmm. And so I would, because um, he kept getting moved. So at first he was there by USC. USC's not in Compton, but it's in South Central. So met him in South Central. He ends up moving to Compton. I start going to Compton and bringing him back to like nice neighborhoods to see movies and stuff like this. But anyway, it becomes sort of a big brother relationship. And I get to see like the unending horror that is the inner cities. That plants a seed in me to like want to help people realize there's a path out of that, that there's a whole nother world that they can plug into and be a part of. And then because of Quest, because I was already framed for that and I saw in all these kids that were coming to work for me, another Rashan, it was like just really solidified in me this desire. So it becomes literally the central why of my life to help people out of the matrix. But had I never met Rashawn, I would have had a totally different framing coming mm -hmm. into Quest. If I hadn't been the first of the three of us to go there, I wouldn't have been the one in production, which was why I was so close, because you're hiring laborers for that. So it's inner city kids, undereducated, those are the kids coming through. So if either of my other two partners had been the first ones to move over to Quest, they would have been the ones doing manufacturing. I would have never had that other encounter. So what would my why look like then? I don't know. So it's. I'm telling you, like, this stuff isn't uncovered. It's developed. It becomes mm -hmm. a thing. Like, sure, I, have a I love seeing other people win, so that played into it. it. Do the work. Look inward. Turn a spark into a fire, but that takes work. It takes asking a lot of questions. It, it takes following your bliss, which may be the best advice ever floated into the universe uh, by Joseph Campbell who said, there, there is that thing that you enjoy. Like, for whatever reason, I really enjoyed helping Rashawn. I really enjoyed helping the people at Quest. Like, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, and that you develop into your why. So, develop it. Damn. It's not just going to show up. Damn. All right. Covered. It's going to be built brick built. by brick. Brick by brick? That's it. All right, so this next question comes from Rishi Sarivashini. Sorry. Um, I've been diagnosed with multiple mental illnesses. I have become homebound. People started to shut me out of their lives. Now my parents are always raging at me because of the taunts the community gives them. I'm mostly in my room now all day. It's been a lonely journey so far. How do you explain to your family that mental illness isn't contagious and that it isn't my fault? And how do you come out of it? Uh, wow, that is an insanely big question. And I, I'm going to give you an answer, but I, I will just say this right now. In no way, shape, or form am I qualified to give somebody advice on how to battle through a mental illness. Now, having said that, I think the only way to be useful is to give you some sort of an answer. Um, 
while it is very hard to accept that some people are going to reject you no matter what, I cannot tell you what a fruitless battle it will be to try to convince other people that mental illness is not a contagion. Like, and first of all, that's not what they're worried about. It makes them uncomfortable because they don't understand it. Uh, they can't relate to it. And so when people aren't wired for that empathy, when they're not wired to like really just have an unending desire to reach out and like figure out how to help and all that, even when they're your parents, like meet them with empathy, show them as much compassion as you can, but understand that they're not going to be able to give you what you need. And mental illness or not, you're going to have to take responsibility. Now, I have people in my life very, very close to me that have struggled profoundly with devastating mental illness. I'm talking like there are spiders on my face. No, there's not, dude. Everything's fine. Like that kind of mental illness. And when even though it's hard, even though it's unfair, all of that is true. When you take responsibility for it, you can begin to unwind some of that stuff. Um, make available to you any and all resources uh, if you can afford it to work with a professional. If you cannot afford it, there are many resources online to at least connect with other people that have been through it so that you can get some of the shortcuts and the hacks and tips and tricks from them. And quite frankly, support. Those are going to be people that already understand that it's not something that's contagious. They've already had to deal with the fact that um, much of the world is going to push back and shun you and all of that. So finding like-minded people that make you feel emotionally safe, that is absolutely critical. Um, that's really, really important. And then, man, if I were you, I would research the living shit out of the brain. Like, I would know the brain forwards and backwards. I would understand what is generating whatever... Um, neurological issue that it is that you're struggling with. And I would treat it just like I would treat it if I had uh, damage to a limb, either from birth, if I had a birth defect, or if I got in an accident or something and had to um, deal with a permanent injury. And I would just try to figure out from a physiological level, what can be done? How can this be addressed? Is it something, um, is diet, exercise, um, meditation, like what are all the things, and you'll notice I name all the non-drug interventions first. I would do all of those and see how much I could maximize my improvement. Mm -hmm. And then I wouldn't be afraid to try to try drug interventions and see how much they help. I would not self-medicate. I would be working with a professional. Um, ideally, quite frankly, a professional that had been through some of this uh, so that they have firsthand experience and they really know what's going on. But I would take responsibility um, for everything. I would be my own advocate. I would be watching, like, uh, I don't struggle with my microbiome, but my wife does. And every day I research the microbiome to try to help my wife because I take responsibility for that. So you're going to have to take responsibility and you are going to have to completely jettison notions of fair uh, because you're going to ask yourself a thousand times, why me? And there is no answer. So the only why is genetics and environment. You got dealt a rough hand, and now's your chance to rise above that shit and show that you can play it to an amazing degree. So there are incredible, in fact, the guy that the movie A Beautiful Mind is based on was a paranoid schizophrenic. So, and yet a movie called A Beautiful Mind is about him. There are ways you can deal with it. And in the movie, they address it. Like he knew he hallucinated people, like full-blown people. And so he would just find somebody trusted in his life and say, is this person real or not? And if the person was like, there's no one there, then he would know, okay, you're not a real person. I mean, that's like incredible. Like if you can just get mm -hmm. to that point where it's like, okay, this is the truth of me. The person I was referring to earlier, um, they would look in the mirror and they would see a spider on their face and they'd just be like, at first they would fucking freak out. And then they began to realize, okay, that's one of my hallucinations. I know it's not real. 
And so I'm not going to twig out about it. And so you have to like work through that process. All right. Hopefully that helped Rishi. Our next question comes from Mitch Phillips. First time watching live. I'm hyped. Welcome what to up, the Mitch? feed. Um, I love the podcast. Keep it up, Tom and team. What do you think is the most important skill for an aspiring entrepreneur to pick up apart from the growth mindset? Of course. That so you just robbed me of everything that actually matters. <laughs> I was like, and it's like, uh, and stop. <laughs> yeah. So everything beyond the mindset is specific to what you're trying to be good at. So um, whatever your path is going to be, whatever that area is that you want to be great at, um, the only other sort of eh, it's, it, it all comes back to mindset, other than very specific skills. So that's the truth. I don't know what industry you're in, um, but knowing more about your topic than anybody else borders on a superpower. So research, research, research. And while this is mindset-y, um, every day I think to myself, dude, you're the man because you're willing to outwork people. And I can't tell you, like I live in my document, the most important things. And I get like, so almost everything in that list sucks and I hate doing it. That's part of what makes it important is it's all that connective tissue. It's dealing with lawyers, it's contracts, mm -hmm. it's moving things yeah. across the line. It's make sure things are monetizing. It's all that. Um, if you can learn to connect that feeling of doing the hard things with pride in yourself, then you'll level up because now it actually feels good. So even though any one of those things like isn't fun to do, I'm so proud of myself when I just do it immediately. I don't hesitate. I don't balk. Like I can't tell you how many times I've turned my phone on and I want to go straight to the amazing comments that you guys post. And trust me, all I want to do is respond to you all day. And then I realize, nope, you opened your phone to get to most important things. And so go right to it. And then I allow myself the secretion of dopamine not to go into the comments, but instead for going into most important things. So like you have to do tricks like that in order to um, be willing to do the things that other people aren't willing to do. That is how I've built my career, 100%. Well, there you have it. All right, so this last question before we do a comment is from Roman Hop. Hey, Tom, I'm still very young, 17 years old, and I feel stuck. Should I find a mentor, work for someone else, or sh uh, should I start a business immediately? Am I uh, I'm very certain that one day I'm going to create and run a business, but I don't know if I should work for someone else and develop my skills or take the leap of faith and go for the startup already. So at the end of the day, man, honestly, you probably shouldn't worry about starting a business unless you have an idea that is so compelling and so pressing to you that you have to do it even though you're almost certainly going to fail. So starting your own business has become a bit like starting a band. It's become so cool. And I love that, by the way. I love yeah. that being an entrepreneur is like the new cool. It's the new rock star. I think that's fucking amazing. And I'm all for it. But understand that everybody has to be a musician. So... You don't have to start a business. If you're not sure what to build your business around, then I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, I would start laying your foundational skills. I would focus entirely on learning subjects that you care about. I would focus on being a linchpin employee, uh, which is worth its weight in gold. And then if in that process of getting great at the game of helping someone monetize, doesn't need to be your own self, in really playing that game, seeing if you can rise up the ranks, um, if in that process you realize there is like a business that you have to create to keep your sanity, then do it. 
And then if you fail, like it doesn't matter, right? There's a great Elon Musk quote, uh, when something is important enough, even when the probable outcome is failure, you should still do it. Um, so, but you've really got to believe, like I cannot stress enough, like how gritty and determined you have to be to fight through the ocean of pain that is coming your way when you're trying to build something. Like it just isn't easy. It is so difficult. It's a thousand little battles every day. And so you've really got to believe in what you're trying to do. Like for instance, when I'm really stuck and I'm like, God, I uh, like continuing to push forward. I think of the very specific people that I'm trying to help. I think of like right now, there is somebody who's stuck like Sean who wrote in and the two kids and the wife and never having been introspective mm -hmm. and like, how do I get that? Or like somebody in a refugee camp, like how do I get the message to them? The world does not want me to get the message to them. The world's gonna do everything it can to stop me from getting the message to them. So how do you leverage like that to fight through all the hard stuff? And I find that most people, like it's just, it's now become like this socially pressured thing to like start a business. The vast majority of the world should not start a business and not because, hey, only some of us are cool enough to run a business. It isn't that. It's literally like you're teaming up, right? Mm -hmm. You need amazing A players on your team, which means there have, the vast majority of the world needs to focus on being an A player. And then let people who, for whatever weird biological wiring, environmental way they were raised, whatever, really want to start the company and then team up. And then at some point, if it becomes an imperative for you, switch, change direction. Right. Cool. All right. So we'll round out with a nice comment from Jeremy Rogers, right. who's OG. What's up, guys? So I've been on board with y'all for almost a year now. And nice. seriously, Tom, you and your team have provided so much value to me personally. Results in the last year include reading 30 books, most of which were on your reading Jesus. list, developed a growth mindset, used this growth um, slash entrepreneur mindset to grow a small business out of the nonprofit organization that I run. So much value from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Wow, that's amazing, man. Thank you. Yes. That's incredible. We live for stuff like that yes. around here. That so is appreciated. That's what we fight for. And with that, if this live feed was adding value to your lives, make sure that you share it. Um, we're always looking to grow the community. Word. And hear more stories like Jeremy's. Yeah, no kidding. So thank you guys so, so much. We really appreciate it. Um, by the way, drop in your comments. Send uh, questions to connect at Impact Theory. And we will definitely be getting them. We're trying out a new thing that we're doing, which is um, the Tom Amma series, where if you submit your questions, a lot of them we don't have time to get to during these because they're a lot more free flow. I do a lot longer answers, more exploratory. Um, some of it is me going introspective in my own universe. The Amma series is we take batches of like 30 questions and do two minute answers each. They're really fast, really punchy. Um, so submit your questions there. Uh, we've answered everything from do I like turtles, which was uh, just a <laughs> wonderful question, like to the more deep <laughs> stuff. So um, anything that you want to know, submit those. You can hit us up at the Connect inbox. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. And don't forget to shop tomorrow, women's apparel. Hashtag word. Go All after right. it. Bye, everyone.
everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.